This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tire Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. 27 minutes to seven on SENSA Breakfast. A huge lineup of guests today. Tom Scully from the Power. Wayne Miller, a junior from the Adelaide Football Club. And uh, before seven this morning, we're going to catch up with Damien Hoff, who is the big dog running everything at Adelaide Oval. They had a, what was it, pitch swap last night. Pitch switch. Pitch switch. Um, and this is an exciting time for a lot of football fans as the summer of cricket comes to a close. The football goalposts are starting to be put in or erected, and we will chat to Hoffy about that. His son, Cooper, is doing incredible stuff for um, mental health, doing a run too, so we'll be able to ask him about that. Because we, we thought we'd kind of break down a bit of footy news floating around at the moment. We heard in the news about Joel Smith and the Melbourne Football Club. It was the back end of 2023 where... Um, at the conclusion of the finals, some information came out in regards to what was going on there and a potential suspension. And now um, there's a, a lot more news that has kind of come to light in regards to Joel Smith. Well, well basically the charge has been upgraded to trafficking because I'm assuming that um, they confiscated his phone and they've gone through that. And there are some, it, allegedly there are some messages in there where, where, where he's talking about, um, you know, supplying I'm assuming um, cocaine was the drug that he was uh, caught within his system to his teammates, asking them uh, if anyone wanted any. So that is a that is a quantum leap, isn't it, uh, in terms of potentially having a, a minor sanction because it was what you know that was stayed in his system, but maybe it won't be listed as performance enhancing for from a technicality to now it's, it's going to be in trafficking. And I guess the, um, the, the big thing that come out of this is it, with the Melbourne football club, it's just another thing that they are dealing with another off field incident that they are dealing with. And, and I remember at the time, it's probably, it was it at the end of last season when Gary Pert and Simon Goodwin, they, they went into the SEN studios and recorded a they had chat with Gary, Gary yep. line. Yep. And, and they just said, well, look, we want to lay it all on the table. We've got nothing to hide. Um, and, and Gary Pert made quite a stunning revelation where I think Gary Lyon questioned that the culture of the footy club. And he said, I've been involved in footy clubs for 40 years. And this is the strongest culture that I've ever been involved with. And, and I think everyone said, wow, you know, uh, that's a really huge statement. Well, it's looking like he's got a bit of egg on his face because th- all these things were happening around that time mm. and, and during his time. So the the Melbourne Footy Club, um, 
yes, it continues to be about what's happening off the field and that's always going to put pressure on the people that are trying to manage what's going on on the field. And we're, what, two weeks until the start of the season and we're going to see that he he won't play football for a couple of years, you would assume, um, if that is determined. that 27 years of age yep. as well. And uh, Taron Thomas, one of the biggest young talents, if recruiters are accurate in what they are saying, mm. um, if everything is accurate with what's being reported from Tom Morris, then he probably won't play AFL again. Well, that's it. He's out of contract at the end of this year. Reportedly on $600,000 mm. a year, that's going to be thrown away because of his terrible attitude towards women and the way he's treated them. And um, and once again, there's they've been able to find proof of of some of the language that he used with messages towards people. There's there's um, he's got a litany uh, of offences that have been uh, sort of perpetrated over a number of years. And I think Laura Kane spoke yesterday and said this is not the behaviour that we tolerate in this game. And so she's been really strong, which is good. And yeah, it sends a message. Let me ask a Melbourne question to finish off. Um, we saw the well-documented summer of Clayton Oliver. He could have been a crow. Could have. I don't know how um, how strong that male was, but conversations were happening. Do you, Would there be a few relieved Adelaide supporters? Well, I think everyone that discussed it, I think everyone had that little caveat. We would do our due diligence and, you know, you'd be – you, you wouldn't be doing your job if you weren't. This is a 24-year-old who I think is a four-time best and fairest and multiple, four or five-time All-Australian at 24 years of age, and he becomes available. Um, of course, you would look at it. But then, you know, my instant instinct was, well, hang on. If he's a four-time best and fairest winner and a four-time All-Australian and he's 24 years of age and got seven years of his contract, well, why Melbourne interested in mm. in letting him go somewhere else. There must be something that is not quite sort of where it should be. And, and that's pretty much proven to be the case, hasn't it? Can I give some positive Melbourne Football Club news? Mm. Last night, I cooked one of Christian Petrarca's dishes. <laughs> He's good, isn't he? Um, it was a uh, chicken and rice dish with some hoisin, some soy sauce, mm. um, some greens. It was outstanding. Can I, can I just backtrack on... You don't care uh, about that? No, no, I do. And I think that's great. And Christian Petrarca is... Um, the, the vision that he does on all the little uh, TikTok mm. stuff is, is inspiring my son, who's 14, to try and cook, which is great. I love that. Uh, but, but Clayton Oliver, before we jump and say, oh, you know, Adelaide dodged the bullet, Clayton Oliver may very well get back on track and then play for Melbourne. For Apparently he played years. pretty well in their, their trial match yeah. that they had a few days ago. And so, so let, let's not write off Clayton Oliver yet, but, but it is clear. No, but what I'm saying is if, if that, if that happened right at the end of last year hmm. and Clayton was still going on the path, which he's, he's followed, then we would be having a lot more discussions about it now because he'd be playing in Adelaide for Adelaide. And you know what it's like living in Adelaide, playing for yeah. Adelaide when you're a new recruit. But I think, I, I think late last year was like the, the lancing of a boil. It got to a stage in Clayton Oliver's life where yes. something had to change. And so, and maybe the discussion around trading was that, and, and they've thrown their arms around him and let's just hope, 
let's hope that we are lauding Clayton Oliver for the next seven years and he'll look back upon this moment and say, I'm just not sure that that was a great time for me. I didn't really handle that well, but I got myself back in order and the structure and the, um, the love of a footy club was able to set me in the right direction. Let's hope we're saying that. Um, and also let's hope that this stuff that's going on with Joel Smith is a wake up call for everyone to say what is there in one second can be taken away in a fleeting moment. If you are, you know, disrespectful to the, the rules and regulations that sort of govern playing elite sport. On the text line 0427-154-166, Dracos says in relation to Daniel Pena from Western United um, scoring a goal and injuring himself during the celebration. He says, it reminded me of a player I played with just before the game. He went for a dart, footy boots on, slipped on concrete, landed on his wrist, missed the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. All right, Bix, I've waited long enough. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was getting on your sort of high horse about today. What are you overreacting? What I'm feeling also is that you have a real flow state mentality about you. You don't get worked up over many Mm. things apart from when you need to pay for something, right? (laughs) So that's the only time that you kind of lose your cool. But I think I'm the emotional kind of barometer of um, this SENSA. So the Adelaide Football Club yesterday announced that 19 players would be part of their (laughs) leadership group, which is absolutely outstanding. Let's go through the players. Lockie Murphy, Mitch Hinge, Darcy Fogarty, Wayne Miller, a junior, who we'll speak to a little bit later on, Jordan Dawson, Brady Smith, Riley O'Brien, and Ben Keys. Congratulations to mm. all of those players. Um, as I'm, I feel like I'm overreacting, and it's the question I'm asking you. Am I overreacting when I say that if 20% of your list are in the leadership group, it might be a bit too many? Yeah, look, it's a very good question. I think everyone, perhaps who's a little bit older, who grew up with a system where you had a captain and a vice captain are saying, hang on a minute, what is going on? Um, just to just to go one better, Brisbane just announced a nine-man leadership. Mm. So effectively, if all those nine players play, it's almost 50%. If they're all on the ground at the one time, it's 50% of your team are in the leadership group. But anyway, this is like so, – so Adelaide are not a stupid footy club. Brisbane are not a dumb footy club. So if they're doing it, there's a there's got to be merit in it. Like, does there? I mean, I heard response from some of the players yesterday, and we'll, we'll speak to Wayne about it. Yeah. There was surprise from some of the players who were in the leadership group that they were voted in. So yeah, but this is what it's like. So why do why do uh, footy clubs have six or seven coaches these days? Because you've got forty players, mm-hmm. and so you know the coach to player ratio is about whatever that is six players per coach and they can build relationships and they can help them out and they've got time for them when they need stuff with it. If you've got a list of 40 and you've got a captain and a vice captain, how can those two players possibly be around everyone and understand what's going on and help them and guide them and do all that sort of stuff? It's tough. So what the, I guess the theory behind this is if you've got eight players and if you look at all of them, I I think they're all, uh, they're, they're positionally focused. Yeah, but they're slightly the different demographics as well in terms of there's some younger players in there. Um, there's some, you know, the, the let's say the players that Lockie Murphy hangs around are different to the players and Jordan Dawson hangs mm. around, you know, like, so there's a whole mix 
of different guys in there. And I think that's what they're aiming for so that there's a representation so that if I'm a player and I feel like I'm battling a little bit, which in that, which in that group of the leadership group is the one that really I can relate to that I feel comfortable to go to and say, Hey, I'm just not coping at the moment. And so that's what it's about. You're trying to capture people. So that's, that's me trying to make, make, um, sense of it. But I'm a bit, a little bit more of the, you need probably four or five because otherwise it gets a bit cumbersome, you know, like you're having meetings and you've got a meeting of eight or nine blokes. I just feel like they can be less effective than when you have a meeting with four to five blokes. Okay. So I don't want you to name names. I want you to just give me a yes or no. Uh, out of those eight names, are all of them guaranteed a spot for round one or are they guaranteed a spot for every match this year? Irrelevant. It's just yes or no. I'm, I'm, the context of the question is wrong. You're saying you can't be a leader if you're not in the best 18 players. That, I don't think that's correct. The reason why I ask that is because if one or two of them might be playing some Sandful in 2024, that might be a good thing for the Sandful team. So no need to snap. I was <laughs> actually not. helping you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I, I think the question's irrelevant because of that exact reason. You want – I'll give you an example. I – as, as a, the captain of the footy club, I never had to sweat very often on a Thursday night. Because you're really good. As to, am I, <laughs> am I getting a game or am I not getting a game? When you talk to players that are in and out, up and down, going in my stage, going back to the sample, playing for their local club, coming back in, I had conversations with people about, oh, keep your head up to that. And they say to me, what would you know? You don't have, you're not the one going back to the mm. sample clubs. You don't have to worry on a Wednesday night whether you're going to get a phone call from the coach saying you're in the team or you're out of the team. So, you know, like be careful lecturing me. You know, so they're the conversations that someone like a, a Lockie Murphy or a Mitch Hinge or a Ben Keys can have with the players that are in and out of the team because they've got real life lived experience. So that's why you, you want a cross-section of people. We will talk to Wayne Miller about it a little bit later on. Uh, for Port Adelaide fans, Tom Scully will join us soon. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Thanks to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Next, we are going to speak to the head curator of Adelaide Oval, Damien Hoff.